I think a lot of times we're looking for like this imaginary line in the sand. Totally. <laughs> right. And like you said, there's sadness and there's depression and realistically, realistically, we know there's a lot of things in oh, yeah. that and there's not always this definitive line. Oh, I'm sad. And now all of a sudden I've passed over this imaginary line and I'm depressed. Right? Yeah. We want waffles, but life is spaghetti. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Like, yes. no, give me the exact coordinates of right. depression. Waffles, bento boxes. We like these. Go on, you yeah. know? <laughs> exactly. It's going to be a really neat behind the scenes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Because something always magical happens. Wait, what? Did you just make that up? Hey, it's Meredith For Real, the curious introvert. Listen each week as I talk with someone new. The topics are as ADD as I am, but they'll inspire you to stay curious and grow. Hey, curiositors, it's me, Meredith. Nothing quite gets me pumped for an episode like listener questions. And all of you sent in some amazing questions for this episode via my Facebook page. So thank you so very much. I think this will be an episode that you will love and re-listen to again and again. I personally felt so much warmth from my guest. She was able to tackle a super tough subject with humor and explain things in plain language. She drops knowledge that will really illuminate the otherwise muddy subject of depression versus sadness. So Remember to share this one with a friend. There's actually a little feature in your podcast app when you open up this episode that will give you the option to share. It just says share and you can click it. It sends it to uh, whoever you want via text or via messenger. My guest also gave me special notes to give all of you in my Saturday email. Never have I ever had a guest offer to do that, which kind of proves she's my spirit animal. So if you haven't already been receiving those emails, you can be included by texting REAL, R-E-A-L, to 66866, and then you'll be in. All right, enjoy this episode. It does not take an in-depth, double-blind, peer-reviewed research study to know that 2020 has been a mental health shit show. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't take reports of people experiencing depression to know that depression is up. But that word, depressed, what, what does it actually mean? How is it different from sadness? Has 2020 made new rules? My next guest has over a decade of treating mood disorders, more than qualifying her to shed some light on the subject and help us get unstuck. Professional unsticker, home chefer, here to give us the 2020 Survivor's Guide to Depression, Dr. Megan Stoddard. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I definitely want to like figure out the definition of depression because I read that people who watch um, Netflix series like in a binging way, that they experience depression after the show is over. And I thought... I don't know if we're using that word. I don't think you know what it means. <laughs> are we meaning what we think we mean? Yeah. yeah. So, And I have some listeners who are very concerned about the office going off air. It is concerning. It is concerning. <laughs> so we should probably start there with the definition of depression as it relates to our Netflix favorites. <laughs> well, and you know, I, I think that as this word depression has made its way into our common language, I think we've started to use that as a word for like really sad. 
Mm. Right? Like, I'm depressed, which I think I, means I'm extra sad over this. Yeah. Um, and it's really more than that. Um, so, yeah, I want us to talk about what is that difference and how do I know? Am I sad? Am I really sad? Am I depressed? Are these things the same? Are they related or what? Um, yeah, because we only really have that one word. In English, I just realized that. We have sad. And, and then below sad are I'm feeling down. But nothing is, we go from sad to depressed. There's nothing really in between. <laughs> and, and in reality, there's a lot of things in between, right? Yes. Yeah, so walk us through that, <laughs> will you? Sure. Um, yeah, so sadness, I, we'll talk about that for a second. And I think that's one that, you know, we know when we feel it and we know when we see it. I don't know that sadness needs a whole lot of explanation. Um but when it comes to depression, that's when there's a lot of questions. People are like, am I sad or am I depressed or how do these, you know, are these the same? Um, so depression can definitely include sadness, um, but it is more encompassing and more pervasive than sadness alone. So sadness as an emotion is something that we expect can sort of come and go. Um, it's transient. Um, and it's typically in response to something, right? Mm. Maybe it's our Netflix series ending and we're feeling really, really, really sad about that. Um, but it's usually about something in response to something. Um, if we're, if we're depressed, it may or may not be in response to something. Um, but going back to what I was saying, that it, it, it can include sadness. Um, it may not be, oh, I feel like I'm crying all the time, sadness. It can be a low mood. It can be um, something that's more of I'm feeling apathetic or I'm feeling sort of numb, as we call mm. it, or um, that I am not enjoying things. I'm not interested um, in my normal way. Um, but it also includes things outside of mood. So, um a lot of times we see impact on motivation. We see cognitive impacts. Um, so lots of trouble with focus and decision-making. We're hearing a lot of that right now. Yeah. Um, problems with sleep, changes in appetite, which can sometimes be related to changes in weight. That could be going up or down. Mm-hmm. Um, can be thinking of death um, and not just in a, I'm, I'm wanting to hurt myself or I'm, I'm suicidal, but just kind of that thought, that theme is around a lot. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's beyond just a feeling or a mood. It's encompassing some of these other symptoms as well. Um, and then the other thing that we think about when we're going, okay, is this sadness or is this depression? We're thinking about, um, the frequency of these symptoms, the intensity, the duration, how long are they lasting? Um, so where sadness is transient, right? This thing might happen. I might feel sad about it for 30 minutes or a day or so. Depression, if it's a diagnosable episode, is at least two weeks mm. um, where this really isn't breaking. Um, and wow, then, so there's probably like a lot of people t- <laughs> depressed right. right now. I, you're right. Yeah. There are. Um, and then there's the impact question, mm-hmm. right? So whether we're sad or whether we're depressed, how's it impacting you? Um, I think a lot of times we're looking for like this imaginary line in the sand. Totally. <laughs> right? And like you said, there's sadness and there's depression and realistically, realistically we know there's a lot of things in between oh, yeah. that. And there's not always this 
definitive line. Oh, I'm sad, and now all of a sudden I've passed over this imaginary line, and I'm depressed. Right? There's yeah, we want waffles, gr- but life is spaghetti, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? 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 Like, yes. no, give me the exact coordinates of right. depression. Waffles, bento boxes. We like these. Go- <laughs> you yeah. know, like, exactly. Organize things. In I life, love the bento right? box. It, yeah, yes, bento no. box of emotion. <laughs> now I am depressed. I was sad, but here we are. In depression. this one moment, now I've yeah. crossed over exactly. into this other compartment. Right. Yeah, so hopefully that helps to answer some of that. Like, well, it's interesting that they can sadness can be in depression. I really thought it was this or that, not this and that. Yes, and I think that's what makes it even more difficult as we're trying to answer that question internally for ourselves, right? Well, is it this or that? Oh, well, they're, they're spaghetti. <laughs> Life is spaghetti. So damn messy. So is it healthy to feel sadness? It depends. Right? What a psychologist answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is a psychologist, right? Yeah. But to unpack that a little bit, um, I talk a lot about how all emotion is human, hmm. right? Um, and emotions are the things that give us information about what's going on in our environment, what's going on inside of us, and our circumstances. They're, they're kind of our little navigation lights. Yep. Um, and so is it bad to feel sad if it matches your circumstance? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Right? That's the thing that helps us to sort of guide through what's going on. Um, where we can be concerned is if there's a big mismatch mm-hmm. between what we're feeling and what we're experiencing. Right. Yeah. It, that is a very good point. <laughs> and it's, it's tricky right now because so there is a global right yes. reason to be sad. Yes. However, my situation is remarkably better than so many other people's situations. So then you have that shame that is spaghettified into the situation. <laughs> I love that word. It's spaghetti. It's, it's spaghetti. Totally spaghetti right Yeah, because you think, well, I am well physically and my family is well. I am not having to homeschool any tiny people. So all is well. Um, except not. Except for it isn't. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. Um, I have a couple listener questions if it's, if it's not too soon to dive into these because they were really good. Um, Sandra Goodwin asks, how do you know when sadness has turned unhealthy into an unhealthy, dangerous depression? Because there again, is that scale. Cause you talked about two weeks is a great, um, time measurement of, of threshold. Right. But she said, you know, the dangerous kind. So that's again, yet some other mystical vague threshold. Right. And, and dangerous is a tricky word too, right? Mm. Like, what do we, what do we mean when we're saying dangerous? Um, but I think that that answer comes back to impact. And it's less about, I think, figuring out, have I crossed that imaginary line in the sand? And more about whether I'm sad, whether I'm depressed, how is it impacting my day to day? Right? Um, and is, is this getting in the way of you taking care of your responsibilities, but also the fun things in life too? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, 
certainly a lot of times when people are using the word dangerous, they are talking about self-harm. They're sort of um, indicating maybe there's some suicidal ideation. Um, if any of those thoughts are coming or going, um, it doesn't mean that, oh, it's about to happen right now. It may not be that it's imminent, but um, even if those thoughts are fleeting, um, that's a time to have a conversation about it. Mm. Um, and I'm not, I mean, we just, we dove deep the first question, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, if those thoughts are coming or going, if you're starting to feel helpless, if you're starting to feel hopeless, um, meaning there's nothing I can do and it's never, ever going to get better, um, that's a time that we could be approaching some yeah. more severe things, for sure. That would be a clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking in an, another episode that I just recorded about um, how I feel like my body and my mind leave me clues on how I'm doing. They do. <laughs> Which makes me sound like I have multiple personalities for it. But it totally I, doesn't. It I means know. that you're paying attention. Because yes. all of our bodies and our minds do that. We're just not all paying attention all the time. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's so much of it does come into paying attention and listening to your body and listening to your mind. Right. And everyone's so different, which makes it, you know, not only is the situation different for everyone, um, but meaning like your life circumstances, but also how the impact plays out. 100%. Yeah. I mean, no two people experience depression the exact same way. So while we have, you know, these these symptoms and these timelines that we're looking for, it's Mm -hmm. not a cookie cutter thing. No. Right. yeah, I mean, no two people that walk into my office or call me that have depression look exactly alike, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, so that's the other part of it is the impact, but also that it's a change for you, mm. right? Oh, right. So, like your baseline mm-hmm. for focus and your baseline for mood and and your um, baseline for motivation is different than anyone else's but if you see a shift yep and there is a change for you and like you said your body and your mind are giving you those clues um then okay this is a shift for me yeah that's so good i i'm interested in that word that you said baseline Mm -hmm. because one of our listeners had a question about that um she said uh she was talking about having a family member presents with ADD and anxiety and has been professionally treated for depression and addiction for 20 years. Are there any programs to help someone go off all of their medications and drugs safely to determine their baseline after years of ineffective treatment? Whoa. I know. (laughs) I was like, dang, Kathy. That was... (laughs) (laughs) Um, so if I'm hearing the question correctly, it's, it's basically sort of the question of we're in spaghetti, right? Like what's what, right? What is experience? What is, um, medication? What, uh, if this person is still not well, um, how do we sort of strip away safely Mm -hmm. all of these confounding factors, right? Um, and while there are absolutely ways to do that, um, with caution, <laughs> right? With caution and under very close supervision, um, never would we want to just start making all these drastic changes on our own. Um, 
Yeah, but but that's a really good point, right? What mm-hmm. what's left? Right. Well, um, if you think about how many Americans, and I'm sure people worldwide, but um, are on use some sort of medication. It's yeah. pretty common. Right. Um, and even um, birth control is a hormonal therapy, right. and it has significant mental impacts right. on well-being. And women are on that for decades. Yeah. And so <laughs> how are they even knowing their baseline necessarily? Um, and that's a pretty you know, female example. Right, but, right. Um, but the point is we all have these uh, varying factors, spaghetti. We'll go back to that. <laughs> well, and and they are spaghetti, right? They're they are all interrelated, mm-hmm. and we like waffles, and we like yeah. <laughs> bento boxes, and and it's a little bit easier for us to sort of think, oh, well, this is only for this medication that I take is only for this, and it stays in its box over here. Yeah, um, and it, it's just not always the case. Um, so I think it's really important to have a, a big picture perspective, um, for our health and her care, um, mm-hmm. and, and making sure that whoever your providers are, are, are coordinating care with one another and that it's not, you know, this person over here is in this box, has no idea what this person over here in this box is doing. And, yeah. um, as, as the client or the patient, you know, it's really important that you advocate for yourself and that yeah. too, right? That it's really important that you initiate some of that. Um, anyway, so. Hey everyone, just a quick interruption to show gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. So I don't have kids, but I also want to tell you about It's Your Magazine. They're a national family-centered publishing company with free parent magazines. They have parenting advice, events, and inspiration. I'm actually in a networking group with the publisher, and this guy is all about family. You can view a free magazine in cities in Texas, Oregon, Washington, and Florida by checking them out at itsyourmagazine.com. And insect. So I've always felt iffy about pesticides. Then the mosquitoes got so bad, I would get covered in them from walking from my house to the car. I called Insect, and to say I've been impressed is an understatement. When the treatment wasn't quite doing it, the owner actually came to my house. He found the breeding sites, identified the species of mosquito, and adjusted my treatment to that species. That's when I found out he's also a beekeeper, and pollinator issues are always top of mind. So if you're in the Florida Panhandle or Gulf Coast of Alabama, give him a call, ensec.net. Now back to the show. Big question. That was a big question. <laughs> I know I gave you two hard hitters like, okay. right out of the door. That's okay. So, I mean, if I was going to summarize kind of what you said to respond to her question, it would be that um, her family member would, A, need to take ownership of his or her state and what do they want and what are they willing to do. And then if there is a program, I'm imagining some sort of like rehab Someplace. center. <laughs> I because as you said, yeah. you would need very close supervision. Right. Um, I don't know if that exists, but it would be, you, and it would need to be done in a very careful way. Right. So, but it right. sounds like overall listening and observing oneself is the most important and giving names to the different states that you're in. Right. Language. Right. Darn that language. Right. <laughs> right. And are we, are we having, are we saying the same thing? Do we mean the same thing when we use those words? Um, does sadness yeah. present differently in men and women? 
Yeah. Um, so before we even go there, I think it's really important to kind of lay the foundation and the understanding that individual differences are always more significant than group differences. Right. Oh, okay. So, um, what we mean by that is like I said, you know, a hundred people, um, can, can sit with me and all hundred of those people can have depression and that's going to look different on all hundred of those people, whether they are male or female. Right. Yeah. Um, however, um, we do see more in women, um, of the sadness, the, um, worthlessness mm. sort of symptoms, mm-hmm. um, and feelings and in men, um, oh, and guilt with women too is a big one. Um, and in men, a lot of times we see more of fatigue. So saying I'm feeling tired oh, more than I'm feeling sad okay. and tearful. Um, we see more irritability and a lot of times we see more anger, um, which is really interesting because if we're interpreting depression, like we were talking about earlier to mean really, really sad, that's not, that's not registering. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and so we've already sort of established that that's not actually what depression is, right? It doesn't just mean extra sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so those are some differences that we see. Huh pretty often. And again, there are plenty of women who can present with a more, uh, irritable, fatigued or angry depression and and the same for men. Um, but that is a difference that we, we do sometimes see. Yeah. I can definitely see it presenting different, um, just even from a societal expectation point of view, because, um, I, well, also, I feel like when God made women, he was like, here's a uterus, here's some guilt. Have fun! You know, like, like it came with a package or something. Here's some guilt. Uh, just a little present. Knock yourself out. Uh, I'm sure that's how God talks, like, with the shoulder. Um, yeah, and, you know, and so we are we carry a lot of responsibilities, and, and, you know, and then we feel bad when we can't carry them out because we are forgetful or have brain fog or whatever. So I could, I could see that. What about, um, teens and preteens? One of the, actually two different listeners, Megan and Leslie asked, what about preteens and teens not knowing how to acknowledge changing hormones, sadness, and depression? Uh, Leslie said that she read that teens feel 10 times more than adolescents due to their pending brain development. Sorry, kids, that's a fact. (laughs) So if sad, they're 10 times more sad and happy, 10 times more happy. And just feeling all of those things in a bigger way, for sure. And and then the other part of it is... um, the, the hormonal part, but the experience part too, right? So as, as we get older, our brains develop. And so there's that piece, but there's also, okay, now that I am further along in my life, I've had more times that I've felt really sad, or I've had more times that I've felt really angry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've learned some things about myself and I've learned that for the most part, these things are going to come and they're going to go. And it's not quite as scary the more times we have felt them. Um, so if you have teens in your life, whether they're your, your kids or your family members or your students, um, I think we, we do need to have a little empathy that 
this is the most heartbreaking thing they've ever experienced yet in their life. Yeah. (laughs) It's their first one or their second one, but it's not their hundredth one yet. We hope for Mm. some kids it might be, but for the majority, probably not. Mm. I don't know if that makes some sense. It does. (laughs) I was just thinking about all the kids and imagining myself as a kid right now, feeling about missing graduation and missing all those things. And I read about these things and I keep on scrolling through and I don't give them much thought because I don't have kids myself. And, uh, it's been a while since I've been a teenager. So it's not your biggest thing. It's it's not my biggest thing. thing. Oh, but wow. That really, (laughs) like, it just kind of broke my heart for a minute. Like thinking about how they must be feeling that this is like literally the worst thing that's ever had happened to them. And, and it, it's and it, so sad. It, you know, probably won't be the worst, but right now, God, it's let's worse don't so say far, that, right? Megan. Tempt twenty twenty one. No, no, no. no, no. We we only, we're, we're only talking about the category of graduation. Only, okay, <laughs> not only. all of the things. Yes. <laughs> so, in in general, across age and yeah. gender, is are there different things that we can easily put in our back pocket, if you will, for differentiating those self-assessments of, am I sad? Am I depressed? Right. Um, So for, for kids and and teens, um, a big thing that we see, again, it's kind of going back to, it's a change from their baseline. Okay. So a change from what is their normal, right? A lot of times we'll see behavioral changes um, and that can be um, internalizing or externalizing. So internalizing is sort of the picture of the kid who's um, withdrawing more, isolating. Externalizing is the kid who suddenly, out of nowhere, you're getting all these phone calls that they're getting into trouble at school. Um, but again, that, that's a change from their baseline, meaning this doesn't sound like yeah. them. This doesn't seem quite like them. Um, for younger kids, um, we can see... Um, things like school refusal, which that looks different in 2020 than it ever has before, right? So when we usually say school refusal, it means like, I'm not going to go to school today and you can't make me. Um, That can look all sorts of ways right now Um, for other reasons than depression, probably too. Um, But that's one that we we see a lot or we see um, nervousness or worry, anxiety about being separated from mom and dad um, or whoever their grownups are uh, when they're younger. So I think the big thing that we really need to be looking for are changes from baseline. Yeah. Right. So this does not feel like myself or this does not seem like their normal self. Okay. Um, Impact. Right. So it's something that is getting in the way of your day to day tasks, whether those are responsibilities or the fun things. Mm -hmm. Um, And. You know, I kind of always say it's not a problem unless it's a problem, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, thinking about the impact and, and just noticing, hey, am I, am I taking care of the things that I want or need to in a day um, in my way that's my baseline? Right. Or, or am I really not feeling that way, right? And is, mm-hmm. it, is it a forcing where it's not normally a forcing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was recently talking with a therapist about um, anxiety, which is another fun episode that's coming. Yeah. Fun. That's fun in 2020. <laughs> fun. Depression and anxiety. Fun. So much yeah. fun. Um, but he, he said something that really made an impact with me, which was, yeah, anxiety isn't permanent. 
So can the same be said about depression, even in the current state of affairs? Right. Um, most times that's true. Um, there are some people who, who are diagnosed with a, a lower level, more chronic type of depression, um, that, that can really tend to stick with them. Um, most of them really do much better with a combination of, of medication and therapy. Um, but the type of depression that we're talking about a lot today, which is circumstantial, yes, um, kind of a sadness. It starts as a sadness in response to something and then sort of morphs into some of these other things, mm-hmm. motivation, um, sleep, uh, eating, all of those changes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good point that even if it's there to some degree, the intensity of it is probably not going to be a permanent state. A permanent state. Absolutely. So, and, and that's another thing too, is, is we, we talk a lot about like, oh, does this person have a diagnosis or not? Um, a lot of diagnoses are, are a snapshot in time, right? So meaning... Right now, a person may meet criteria, but in three months or six months, they may not. Hmm. And that's why I can totally see why it goes back to that self-assessment self, um, yes. and observation. And so as we wrap up, um, can you speak to treatment? Because we've got this huge spectrum. Yeah. We've got a little down mm-hmm. to chronic severe depression. Right. And everything in between. And everything in between. And then all of the spaghetti. And all the spaghetti. (laughs) All of it. Yes. And all the meatballs and all the things, (laughs) right? So uh, what... I'm trying hard to form this question because what I want to know is, like, does everyone need to see a therapist? Does everyone need medication? Um, what do you, do you try before those things? Am I even wording that wrong? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, to yeah. me, like, oh, yes, a therapist must be pretty bad. So I'm, I'm right. just, I'm self-assessing right, right. now, Megan. Well, and, and you know what? <laughs> I, I hear that so much. Is this bad enough yeah. um, to get some help? Mm-hmm. And I know I keep harping on it, but I, I mean, I go back to this and I say it almost every single day. It's it's bad enough if it's causing you trouble, mm. right? And so let's quit looking for that line in the sand, right? Of yeah. like, oh, okay, well, if it's sadness, I definitely don't need to see a therapist. But if it's depression, I totally do. Like, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I just no. imagine someone like moving the line. We, we, we do it. Pushing it along. We, yeah. we do it, yeah, right? Totally. And, and then we tell ourselves like, well, it's just sadness and, and it's probably still just sadness. So yeah, we, yeah, do, yeah, we keep yeah. moving it. Um, so there's no harm in seeing a, a therapist. It doesn't. It's not indicative of severity, and it's not a, a death sentence, and it's not a permanent <laughs> no. state. Because I think that is part of the stigma, right? Is, is that oh, you see a therapist? Well, now you're one of those. It must people. be real, real bad, and you and must. Then, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and and one of the ways that I try to explain the process of therapy to people. I mean, I'd, I'd find that if you can connect it to something that people are familiar with mm-hmm. and sort of have a concept for it already, it makes sense. And so if you think about the job of um, like a personal fitness trainer, right, that person 
works with clients who may have experienced a very, very severe injury and are learning to walk again, right? They are healing from something. Um, that person works with somebody who maybe has never walked in a gym before and is like, I don't know really my way around or what I even do with all of these things. Um, that person works with somebody who maybe really does care quite a bit about their fitness and needs someone to sort of take them to the next level. That person also works with the most elite athletes, Mm. right? And so it's not like, oh, well, you must be in really bad shape if you need to have a personal trainer, (laughs) right? No one would think that, right? You're like, oh, you have somebody helping you with this who knows what they're doing (laughs) and can help you at, at whatever phase you're in, so... That's an amazing analogy. Is that helpful? Uh, yeah, my mind is blown right now. <laughs> that is so helpful. And I think it'll be helpful for a lot of people too. Good. So, because what you're saying is, um, I mean, you didn't say this, but yeah, try the exercise, try the, you know, the meditation, do the yoga, do all right. the things, but also have, give yourself access to somebody who is um, an outside party. You got it. To check out the situation and, and see what's going on. And For sure. Yeah. It's not a pass-fail right. situation. Right. And just, you know, I've, I've never told someone, oh, well, you're only sad you're not depressed, and so I don't think that mm. I can help you. <laughs> yeah. You know? Or you're so depressed <laughs> that uh, we're right. going to have to, <laughs> you're failed. You got an F. <laughs> right. Right. That's that's not what it's about. Um so, does that answer your question? Absolutely. I might have gotten lost on No, you was. are not lost at all, and now neither are we, thanks to you. So, I think you're good. Are there any final thoughts that you want to leave us with on sadness versus depression before we wrap up? I, I just think it's, it's paying attention, you know, paying attention to yourself, acknowledging that, like, hey, if you are sad, um, it's okay to be. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of things that... that are around to feel sad about right now. Um, and sometimes we have to let ourselves feel that. Um, but if it's something that you're feeling to the degree that it's, it's really impacting your day to day, um, then we can do better. We can do better. That is such a great way to end. We can do better. I think so. So where can people find you, connect with you, um, if they want to learn more? Sure. Um, so my website is probably the, the quickest and easiest and the most information in one place. Um, and that's harbor-wellness.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. Perfect. Well, thank you. That was a wrap. That was amazing. Are you still listening? Just kidding. Of course you are. Since you're here, here's some ways you can support the show. Stalk me on social media leave a review, share an episode with a friend, or check out my Teespring page for delightfully sarcastic apparel. Links are in the episode description. 